Welcome to Calvary Servanthood Community Church 2023, the year of Bethel, a dwelling place of God. In this podcast, you'll grow in faith, hope, and love in Jesus Christ. As we're about to tune into the Word of God, prepare your notepads, prepare your pens, and most importantly, your heart to receive and be blessed by the Word of God. Our vision at Calvary Servanthood Community Church is to create a servanthood Christian community to serve the body of Christ. Father, we pray for the service. We pray that the Waruna, that let the Holy Spirit work within us as we listen to your word as it being illuminated to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, I'm going to request that before they leave the stage, if you could sing for me Psalm 42. Psalm 42. As the deer panted for water.
Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, worship team. Please read it when you arrive at home. It's a wonderful cry of David. As the deer panted for the water, so is my soul. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Let's continue to do our reading of the word for this week. We're continuing on our studies that we did in the previous week about the Pentecost. Actually, we have been on the subject for three weeks now, the meaning of Pentecost. And I think many of us know and understand what Pentecost is all about. Now, today, we're looking at the sermon that launched the church. Because we have seen in the previous week that actually Pentecost was the launching of the church. Now, in the launching of the church, we see Peter coming out and launching the first sermon ever preached when the church was launched. We have seen how the pouring of the Holy Spirit came through. The Holy Spirit was talked about throughout in the Old Testament. And when it arrived, it was audio-visual. People could hear that there was something that was going on. And they could see with their eyes as well. And the Bible says there was a sound of a wind. There was no wind. So people could hear the sound of wind. And because of the sound, it attracted many people to come around and see what was happening there. We have seen that the first Pentecost was the establishment of the nation of Israel. And the last Pentecost was the launching of the church. Now, God was moving from the physical Israel that was launched into a spiritual Israel. Now, the church replaces the physical Israel into a spiritual Israel. Then we were launched then as a spiritual Israel. Israel is, an, is a type, biblically, it's a shadow. And the church becomes the anti-type, the real thing that God wanted to do. 
then we have the church. Let's remember that the reflection of Christianity comes through or it is seen through the feast that God has given to Israel. Four feasts that we have spoken about last week. Jesus was crucified on the feast of Passover. And he was buried on the feast of unleavened bread. And he was resurrected on the feast of the first fruits. And the Pentecost came, the Holy Spirit came on the feast of Pentecost. Now everything happens as per the feast. And I said last week that these things, Bakreste, they happened because they were in the calendar of redemption of God. Nobody had a saying over. Even if Jesus said to his disciples, they must go and wait in Jerusalem, their duty was to wait, but not to do anything in as far as the redemption of God was concerned. It was the plan of God, not the plan of man. And I said last week, sometimes when God instructs us to do certain things, we do not do but put it in your mind that nothing that we don't do as per the instruction of God would frustrate the purposes of God. The purposes of God would continue whether I do them or not. I've just said the Christian message is in the feast that we see or that we have seen. And they are now, we are now a new church, a new Israel. Now, during the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ, he spoke about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Now, in the feast of the booth, which comes in September as well. Remember, Jesus was Jewish and everything that was Jewish he followed. So he went to the Jewish feast of the booth. While he was there, one of the things that they do was to pour out water and live in the tents. Now, as they were celebrating and pouring out that water, then Jesus stood up in John chapter 7, verse 37 and 39. He said, now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, If any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. Now they were pouring water, and he says, If any man believes in me, what is going to happen to him in the innermost of this person? There shall flow the rivers of water. Verse 39 says, But this he spoke of the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. Now the 
innermost rivers that will flow was the Spirit. He spoke of the Spirit. Now, if you read Isaiah 44 verse 3, it says, I will pour out water on the thirsty land. Now, it is the prophet of Isaiah speaking to the people, speaking to Israel, that I will pour out water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit. So whenever the Bible talks about water, the rivers of water, it's actually talking about the Holy Spirit. Now he says, I will pour out my spirit on your offsprings and the blessings on your descendants. Now the spirit of God, when it has been poured, it brings in blessings on us. And this is what happened on Pentecost. God poured out his spirit and his living water upon the people at that time. The spirit fell on them. Now when we read Acts chapter 2, verse 12 and 13, from this audio visual that was happening, where people were hearing, where people were seeing, and people started to gather around the disciples. You know, the disciples were actually in the temple. You remember that? So that the, 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 the tongues of fire, people actually did not really see them. The tongues of fire were seen by the people who were in the house in the temple. But people could hear the sound of a rushing wind and they had to come to the temple and stand in the temple and outside to see what was happening. So they came in because of the sound. And Acts chapter 12, uh, chapter 2 verse 12, that's where we start today. And they all continued in amazement and great perplexity, saying to one another, what does this mean? Now here is a question. As they were coming through, they were asking one another, what does this mean? But others were mocking and saying, they are full of sweet wines. Can we apply it to our daily lives? When something great of God, not even of God, when God showed up, God doing something, the stand, people who are standing on the side, they would always question and criticize. Now be careful of such as it happens. When God has ordained a person, for a particular ministry or for a particular field, a mountain of influence, people who are standing on the side, they can discourage you. They will question the authenticity of what you are saying. 
they will question if you really did hear God. They will think you are crazy. They will think something is not right with you. Some would even go to an extent of saying to you, you are still young, my boy. You are still young, my girl. Maybe you need to think through this thing properly. Better understand. Now, there were people there as well. Coming in and thinking that some of them might have taken wine. True so. And that is why the Apostle Paul taught many a times that be filled with the Spirit, not with wine. Because as soon as you take wine, life changes. If you did not laugh too much, you start laughing. <laughs> if you did not talk too much, you start talking. There is some little intoxication that takes place. Now the apostle says, rather be intoxicated with the things of God than being intoxicated with the things of the world. Then people gathered around, wanted to know and understand what was happening. Now as that happened... Peter had to respond to the question that they were asking, what does this mean? And Peter had to answer that. Now the next verse says, maybe starting again from verse 12, all were astounded and greatly confused, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others jeered at the speakers and saying, they are drunk of a new wine. But Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice. But there's nothing that fascinates me. Like when I make a mental picture of what was happening there. I don't know if you could see it with me. Have you seen it here as well? Have you seen it here? Peter stood up. And the 11 stood up and said, no one stands alone. And they stood up with Peter. They knew the value of solidarity. That injury for one is injury for all. Now whatever that we do here, brethren, is for all of us. No one is doing something on his own. We are all together. They stood with him. They said, we identify with this man. Give us an opportunity to identify with you. 
Let us not be afraid when something happens to you to stand up and identify ourselves with you. Because we know that we have a testimony of your life. We can only do that when you have displayed that to us. That this is one of us. They stood up with him and raised his voice and addressed them. You men of Judea and all you who live in Jerusalem, know this and listen carefully to what I say. Now he talks to these guys, the Judean people, as well as Jerusalem, people in Jerusalem. Who were these? There are two people there that he identifies. Now the Judean people are all Jewish people who came that he mentioned. Luke mentioned their names there, the nationalities where they were coming from. The devout Jews that came through there were Judean. And the people who were staying in Jerusalem, he makes an appeal, Bakreste. He says to them, listen carefully to what I say. No matter how much a person can speak, if somebody closes his mind, he's not going to get anything. The understanding and the hearing depends on the listener. It does not depend on the person that speaks. The person can speak and even go and stand on top of the mountain. But as long as you as a listener, you have not decided you will not get anything. People can even come and bring their body, but their mind is somewhere else. So it is important to bring yourself. And when we talk of yourself, we're talking of the person, the heart that will listen and take what is being said. We're not talking about the body that is here. Sometimes as the church, you might be fooled by the number of people that are here. While there is only 10, 15 people, others are not here. It's only the boots. May God help us that we bring ourselves into the presence of God. We don't bring, yes, when you read through Romans chapter 12, says we should bring our bodies as a living sacrifice unto the Lord. However, the body, it is brought by the soul. The body does not come on its own. It is you yourself, the inner person who brings the body, who sacrifices the body to the Lord. He makes that appeal that listen, you men, because you can be here and not be able to hear anything. And in the next verse, he says, in spite of what you think, these men are not drunk, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. I like what Peter is saying, you know. <laughs> he, he, he does not 
justify anything, he gives an explanation. Have you seen when you are accused of something, you want to go and not an ex, don't, don't, not explaining, but you want to justify your action. So Peter does not justify the action. He does not say, guys, we are Christians. We don't drink. Guys, no. Have you, have you heard people asking for someone for a match or a lighter? Say, do you have a lighter? Somebody, instead of saying, no, I don't have a lighter, say, no, I don't smoke. <laughs> he, he never asked you about smoke. He's asking about light. Do you have a lighter with you? Now, Peter is answering a question here that they are saying. He's not saying, oh, we, we don't drink. He's saying, no, it's too early, guys, for somebody to have indulged in, in alcohol. It's too early. So it is not a question of whether I drink or not drink. But the time is too early for that. And, and in the culture, of that nation, nobody would eat before 10 o'clock. They had their devotions. That is why they were at church. You know, so Peter is saying, it's early, guys. It's 9 o'clock. The, three, the third hour in the morning, no one has indulged in alcohol. So have the right answers when you're asked. Don't respond to things that you have not been asked. And Peter gives it in a sense of humor. He does not even, you know, say, you, you, it's because of this and that. It's just in a sense of humor. And in the next verse he says, but this is, you get what Peter is saying here. They've asked a question, what does this mean? Now he answers the question after saying to them, guys, it's still too early. Let's look at the facts. What is happening? This is, what is it? He says, this is what was spoken about through the prophet Jewel. What you are questioning, it is something that was spoken about by the prophet Jewel. And then he goes on. But this is what was spoken about through the prophet Jewel. And in the last days, it will be. Now, Bagreste, when you look into this thing, Peter is responding to a question. How does he respond to the confusion that was there? He responded by going back into the word of God. He does not respond out of his age. So it is important for us to know the word of God to respond appropriately to the questions that we are asked. And remember, this is a sermon. Peter did not prepare. He just stood up and the 11 stood up with him 
and response from the word of God. That this is what the prophet has said to us. This is it, what you are seeing. It is the fulfillment of the prophecy. Important. You know, Peter at that time, there was no Bible around, right? And we are even aware that at that time, there were no written books. What did Peter have? It was a scroll. But did he say to somebody, please roll up the scroll and let's read? He did not do that. He quoted, he memorized, he spoke from his heart. Now it takes us back to Joshua chapter 8. That this book of law should not depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. Now this is what was happening to Peter. Out of his head he knew that this is the fulfillment of what has happened. But what is the significance of that to me now? The significance of that to me is that Peter was given the first sermon that was based on the Bible. So it means he was given the testimony of what he knew that was written in the Bible. So the mission of the church is to expound and give the testimony from the word of God. So if I've got to answer, if I've got to come to the pulpit and teach and not teach the word of God, Peter went in there and just taught the weight. So that becomes a standard for the church. If we have got to prepare and look for what we have to teach, it means we must teach what is in the Bible. And hear him what he says. He says, in the last days, it will be, God says, that I will pour out my spirit on all men. Now, all men includes not only to Israel. So it is the fulfillment of the scriptures here that it is now all men, no longer Israel. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy and your young men and men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Even so, my servants, both men and women, now that is where the sex issue, no Jew, no woman, no man comes to the picture here. Where everybody is included. Even so, my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. Now Luke is saying, this is what you are asking. This is the question. Of saying, what does this mean? It means God is fulfilling the scriptures. 
God is fulfilling the prophecy that was given by Joel. Now, in real essence, my Christian, if one has to understand, I can stand before you here and not be able to give you the rest of what Joel is saying. And it will be important that if we have time, we have to take word by word the words of the apostle here. Remember, the people that he was talking to, they knew and understood the Old Testament. They knew and understood what Joel was saying. If I could ask here, how many of us have at least gone through Joel and know here, here? It might not be there. Now, what would be my responsibility as a teacher of the word of God is to take back you back to Jewel and understand the full prophecy of Jewel. What was happening in Jewel? The judgment. Actually, the book of Jewel talks about the judgment of God over Israel. Those that have read, you would remember the issue of locust that would come in. The diseases of Egyptian people would come through to them. And from there, then there is repentance and redemption that comes in. And in that redemption, then God forgives and sends out his spirit. But it needs some discussion, some teaching and understanding. What does it all mean? But this is what has happened. So what happened at Pentecost was the fulfillment of the scriptures. It was not something new. It was ordained by God. Now it, it continued to say, now what, what if you look into these and the someone that follows of Peter teaching on the day, he quotes from Joel, he quotes from Psalm 6, he quotes from Psalm 110. In all, and at the end, the last verse there, he says, 36, therefore, let the house of Israel know beyond a doubt that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. He answers that by saying, after he, have, he has explained all that. But here is something that he brings on the prophecy of Jewel. That is important. In the next verse of the, of the vision. Even on, no, verse 19. And I will perform wonders in the sky and miraculous signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will be changed to darkness and the moon to blood before the great and the glorious day of the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I assume 
the people who were there, they knew these things. This is coming from the prophecy of Jewel. It was not new. But now from the pouring out of the Spirit, there is a judgment that will fall. Now, God is a God of judgment. Unfortunately. And it's something that we try to run away from and say to people, don't talk about the judgment of God. You, you're threatening people. You, 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 you can even bring a shock into their lives because you're talking about the judgment. Judgment is in the Bible. In as much as God is God of love, if you have not taken his love, you will face judgment. And it is my responsibility to say it. That if you do not, there is this judgment that is coming. May God help us to tell the truth. It is the same as people that we love. Sometimes we are afraid to tell them the right things. We think if I say this, he's not going to accept it. Tough love talks everything. As long as your love hides something to a person that you do not say, it means it's not the true love. True love tells and true love warns. True love guides. True love respects. That is what it has to do. If that is not there, there is something that is lacking. However, I don't want to, when you go home, you, you don't use a good approach or right approach. You say, true love said, I must say this to you. <laughs> that is not the right way to say. You must wait for God to guide you and to say things in the right way. The, the other day I spoke here that there is a difference of accusing and guiding. If you approach a person by accusing, you did this, you did this, you are not going to achieve anything. We don't accuse, we correct. And separate those two things. They're different. So please, when you go home, don't use me <laughs> as your scapegoat. Because you have to do it in the right way. So judgment by rest is coming. We need to tell people about it. But in the next verse, after all that has happened, then Luke says to them, and then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. 
It actually says in another version, almost like John chapter 3, verse 16, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord. And in the other version, it says the remnants that would call upon the name of the Lord. Now, it is whosoever, but Christ. So he is showing to them that the judgment is also coming. Even after we have received the Spirit, judgment would come. But whosoever would call upon the name of the Lord would still be saved. So the opportunity is there. Even when we expect or we see we know God as the God of judgment, but whosoever calls upon his name will be saved. Have you ever called upon on his name? Have you? And see what will happen. Then he goes on, talks about David and all other things that follows there. But Christa, if we would take this sermon, it would take us weeks to expound it. But the core of the sermon, it sets the standard of the sermon and the mission of the church. I don't think the mission of the church has changed. Remember what he said to them. When you have received power, what was going to happen? You are going to be my witnesses. So the power is meant for being witnesses. That is the starting point. I want to read something here that the apostle said about the church. It's found in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. It reads as follows. But in case, now it is the Apostle Paul speaking to Timothy, that but in case I am delayed, I write so that you may know how one ought to conduct himself in the house of God. There is a way of conducting ourselves in the house of in the church. He says, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and support of the truth. That is the church. When we come to church, we're coming into a space where the church has to be the pillar and the support of the truth. That is what the apostle calls it. That the church is the pillar and support of the truth. Now, the pillar actually here, it means to display. Which means the mission of the church is to hold up the truth of God for all men. What is the responsibility of the church? To uphold the truth of God. 
to support and display this truth. Bagrasta, that is our responsibility. We are not the source of the truth, but we need to display the truth. The source, the source of the truth is God. Our responsibility is to take this truth and uphold it and display it. And how was Timothy supposed to do this? Through the preaching of the weight. That's how we display the truth of God. Let's read second, first Timothy again. Uh, chapter 4, verse 13, uh, 11 and 13. Is Paul talking about the truth of the word of God, the mission of the church? He says, prescribe, he's talking to, 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 to Timothy, prescribe and teach these things. That is what has to be done. Let no one look down on you, on your youthfulness, but rather these things that you teach in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and purity, show yourself as an example of those who believe. Until I come, give attention to the public reading of scripture, exhortation and teaching. And the mission of the church has not changed. Since then, which is the pillar that has to be displayed to support the truth of God, expounding on the word of God. If we move away, Bagreste, from that as a church, we have moved away from the mission of God. The church has to teach the truth of God. Nothing else. We may have our own agendas. I can come here and display and talk about my agenda. But if the agenda has nothing to do with the truth of the word of God, it is not God's agenda, it's my agenda. And anything should not be taken. That is why this first church that we're talking about they actually, each day, were looking just like the Bereans, checking whether the person who was in front or talking to them was teaching them the right things that are in the word of God. And remember, they did not have the Bible as we have it today. They had to look into the scrolls, but they checked the authenticity of words that were spoken by people. Don't take each word that I take without verifying it from the word of God. I am man. I can push certain things. Not push the word of God. Now Peter Simon was not pushing the agenda of the apostles. It was pushing the agenda of the cross. It was pushing the agenda of God. So are we. If we move away as the church from the mission 
of teaching the word of God, we have moved away from the agenda of God. This is what Peter is teaching. That let's expound the word of God. Let's look at what the word of God is saying. As the fulfillment of what you are seeing. Now, Bagraste, we have a responsibility. Our responsibility is to teach, is to uphold the truth of God. Uphold what is in the Bible. Uphold what has been taught by those who have gone before us in the right way. Peter was saying, this is the fulfillment. It is nothing new. Now, I don't know how many of us will be in a position to stand up and speak and memorize certain things or certain verses in the Bible. How important it is to know and memorize. You know, the Jewish people or the Hebrew nation, they memorize, many of them, more especially what we call the first five uh, law of books, the Pentateuch. They would memorize each and everything there because that was their life. Let it be your life as well to know and understand and memorize the word of God. Let's stand on our feet. Yeah, we can just sing a song and then we will then pray.
Father, we want to thank you for your word, for the encouragement that we have received. We want to thank you, Jehovah, that we have seen that your purposes and your plans, Mudimwaruna, as part of the redemption plan that you have made, will not be frustrated by any one of us. They will continue and they will manifest. They will take place, Jehovah. Thank you for the sermon that Peter has preached. The solidarity of us standing together as your children. The agreement that we have amongst ourselves as your children. We thank you for the expounding of your word by Peter that has shown us that this is the fulfillment of the scriptures. We thank you, Father, that there is also judgment that we must know that it is coming. At the same time, we know that whoever will call upon your name will be saved. Thank you, Father, that many of us here have called upon your name and we understand what it means. Father, as we go home, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us. If God has done anything for you and you have a testimony, be sure to reach out to us and share your testimony on any one of our social media platforms. Do not know Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. Please pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, come into my life. I accept you today as my Lord and personal Savior. If you need any prayers, please contact us and one of our pastors will get in touch with you.